BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. In France, now, Marine Le Pen is polling right up there with Macron. A newspaper labeled her a fascist back in the day, back a decade or so ago. She sued them for libel. It went to the court system in France. In in France, you can sue people for libel if, if you think that you're being slurred, even if you're a public figure. Here in the United States, public figures can't be, you know, they can't sue for libel. But you can in France. So she sued, saying, how dare you call me a fascist? And the courts in France ruled that, yes, indeed, you are a fascist. People can call you that. She has said that if she becomes the president of France, she's going to pull France out of NATO and out of the European Union, which is exactly, of course, what Vladimir Putin wants. She has repeated her support for Putin's assault on Crimea and her opposition to EU sanctions. She said, uh, quote, I would envision lifting the sanctions quite quickly. 38 days after Putin invaded Ukraine, she went on primetime French television. This was on March 31st. This was just a week ago. And said, Russia's not going anywhere. I've always said that a great power can always be an ally in a number of situations. In other words, after this war in Ukraine is over, France needs to develop an alliance with Russia. I think it's a little problematic when you're talking about developing alliances with countries that are autocratic dictators, that have morphed into autocratic dictatorships. It's just full stop. But it's happening. It's happening in France. It's happening across Europe. And it's happening here in the United States with the Republican Party. So let's, uh, let's get started here. Congressman Mark Pocan is with us. He's a former chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, uh, currently represents Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives. Pocan, P-O-C-A-N.house.gov is his website. His Twitter handle is Rep. Mark Pocan, P-O-C-A-N, just as, just as it sounds. Congressman Pocan, welcome back. Well, thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. If there's anything that you wanted to just kind of set up the day, any, you know, things that we should be paying attention to or you wanted to talk about. We're anxious. Last week, the president had a lot of the caucuses out to talk to him about possible next steps, meaning executive orders, you know, build back better. We were hoping that maybe some bill will come out of the Senate 
it looks like uh, this time Kirsten Cinema is is throwing water on the fire. So uh, all I know is uh, no one can throw water on the president's executive order powers. And uh, you know, we had a couple conversations with him last week. And you know, while things are certainly busy and moving ahead, and right now we're being held for a vote, and I may get pulled during the program actually to have to run and do that. You know, we're really trying to encourage the president to get some things done that uh, unfortunately because of the Senate 50-50 and the, the odd rules that they follow, uh, you know, we need to get more things done for people in the best way in some cases, maybe executive orders. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. I, you know, and and I, I've heard a lot of talk about that around student debt and things. Two quick questions for you, just, yeah. just to set this up. First, I published a piece today over at uh, HartmanReport.com about, you know, the Republican Party, in fact, I, my tweet was the Republican Party is committed to tearing us apart by pitting us against each other. Why would they do this? And a fellow on Twitter, I posted on Twitter, and a fellow on Twitter replied with what is, uh, you know, what, according to the Mueller report, was the main talking point that the Russian trolls were pushing in 2016 in that election which is that, well, I'll, I'll read his tweet. He said, I see a lot of division being pushed when I watch CNN and MSNBC. There's no such thing as one party being angelic and the other one evil. They're both evil. Um, this idea that the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are indistinguishable from each other. Um, I, I'd like you to comment on that, but let me also toss in a, a second piece to this. The right-wing media seems to operate in a very coordinated fashion, and it looks like they're going all in on the culture wars, as the Republican Study Committee suggested. I get this newsletter. It's called The Writing, R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, The Writing. Uh, dot com is their website and they summarize basically it's alerting liberal audiences today's headlines from the right is their cut line here are the headlines in right-wing media today pj media dems all in on being the pervert option for november american thinker how the schools got queered ann coulter media go wild for child porn friendly judge the federalist weirdos want to sexualize kids should be stigmatized as groomers Town Hall, Destroy Disney, Emerald Robinson Substack, Why Does Disney Hire So Many Pedophiles, American Greatness, Disney's Demographic, demographic Fantasia and the Underrepresentation Con, and Daily Signal, Woke Disney Hates America, It Wasn't Always This Way. They are, they are you know, please, my, my take on this is that they're basically saying, please don't talk about our record and, and how, you know, and the American middle class and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm curious your take on this apparent strategy, both by the Republican Party and the whole right-wing medium machine right now to demonize Democrats? Yeah. So on the first point, you know, that's one of their more strategic messages they put out there is if you hate all political parties, maybe you won't turn out to vote. But they have really great stealth operations that get their voters out. They know that people agree with Democrats more on issues. So if they can suppress the vote, they do better. And, you know, we did get uh, you got the American Rescue Plan passed really provided great assistance to people, you know, and getting kids back to school and shots in arms and people into jobs. Then we got the infrastructure built on. And, you know, we did a lot of really good things. So, you know, clearly both parties are the same. is a great talking point for them to suppress the vote. But, you know, we also have to, you know, look beyond maybe social media for news. Uh, yeah. You know, I think maybe that, that person who, who wrote that comment should listen to your program a couple more days a week and they would, uh, you know, maybe get a little more information. On the second um, point, uh, you're talking about, I think, um, the Republicans. Uh, Tom, can you just repeat that second one? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was here. it was about every single one of these right wing headlines this morning is, oh, yes. you know, the whole the, the quote pervert option is what PJ Media is calling it. Yeah. You know, they're trying to portray uh, Democrats as as being pedophile friendly kind of stuff. 
Yeah, and we've we've noticed this. So, you know, Friday I was at the White House with the Equality Caucus um, with uh, President Biden. And, you know, one of the things that he observed that is very correct is we're noticing this like uptick in it used to, you know, be once marriage equality and everything happened and the popular support was out there. People kind of left the issue. They kind of dealt into the transgender and sports. But they're back to being, you know, don't say gay and other things that you're seeing in Florida and Texas and now a lot of other states. It's full culture war. That is what the base loves. How ironic, Tom, the party where their own members talk about cocaine and orgies. You know, it's not the GOP. It's the COP, right? The cocaine orgy party. And yet this is their messaging because uh, this is what works with Q. So they are going the most extreme route to the most uh, extreme parts of their base. And if anyone doesn't think if they take the majorities, they're not going to govern in the same extreme fashion, uh, we will look very different as a country uh, should they actually be able to convince people somehow that both parties are the same. So in many ways, your, your two issues are combined. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and it, this just seems like a common authoritarian uh, take all around the world. Putin has outlawed gay marriage. You know, he's gone after trans people. Um, you know, you're seeing the Orban, same thing, you know, he, uh, in, in Hungary. Um, it, it, it seems like this is the, the right, you know, beat on gay people, you know, bash gay people. Uh, and or the whole spectrum, obviously, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, well, and there's a reason why you know they were so reluctant at first to, to trash Putin. They actually like an autocratic government. They just wish it was Donald Trump instead of Putin here, yeah. right? I mean, that's what they would really prefer. It's nearly what we had, in fact. And uh, Congressman Pocan will be taking your calls right after this break. Congressman Pocan, the former co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, representing the 2nd District of Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives. Pocan.house.gov is his website. You can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Carl in Fairland, Texas. Carl, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yes, this question was really for you, but I'll ask the congressman instead because he probably knows more about it. Governor Abbott yesterday announced that he was going to take busloads of illegal aliens and drive them up to Washington, D.C. and drop them off. To me, this fits the definition of human trafficking for personal gain. It's political gain, but... I just want to know the legality of this. Would he be breaking any federal laws by trafficking these human beings across state lines to the federal capital? Hmm. That's my basic of my question. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, Carl, I really don't know. Other than I do know Governor Abbott is uh, certainly applying for the, the most moronic governor in the country. Uh, it's tough competition out there, but he, he seems to be making some edges when he says things like this. Uh, when he passes some of the laws he does just to try to appeal to the base. Look, you know, we know Governor DeSantis wants to be president more than anything. We know Governor Abbott would like to, but probably will never will even get close unless he comes to the Easter egg hunt. That's about as close as he's going to get to the White House. And people like that will say all kinds of stupid uh, things in order to appeal to the base. And unfortunately, uh, real people get caught in the squeeze of all this. You know, look what's going on in some of the countries in Central America. We need to do a whole lot more if we don't want people coming to the border and yet Republicans refuse to provide funding and assistance in that way. Um, There's a lot that needs to be done right, but but Governor Abbott's certainly not trying to help. Douglas in Dewey, Arizona. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. 
Um, yes. Um, I'd like to know if there's any possible way that we can get those um, Russian MiGs from Poland to the Ukrainians. Um, I'm for anything um, to, you know, assist the Ukrainians, you know. And um, I just feel like we should do more with all the, you know, war crimes that are going on and the human massacres and starvation that they're doing. Uh, I'll listen to you off the air. Thank you, Douglas. Yeah, Douglas, you know, there is a lot going on. And, and you actually are right. The thing they need more than anything are, are many of the land-to-air missiles and other missile types. Uh, for a while, there was this myth that what they needed was planes, and they weren't even using all the planes they had. But what they really, really do need um, that they've used very effectively are, are some of the missiles and other things that countries are finding ways to get them. I think Germany even kind of opened up after they were being a bit reluctant. So, you know, I agree with you. I mean, watching these atrocities, you know, if anyone doesn't think that Donald Trump wouldn't, you know, just love to be like this in his own way if he ever were back in the White House, you know, hopefully this is a lesson, a warning to people. Um, you know, Vladimir Putin, uh, I think, you know, Joe Biden's right, is acting like a war criminal. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we don't need a world war and we've got to find some other ways to get this done. I think those things are happening, uh, Douglas, and uh, I think people are very much working towards those ends, even if you may not see it all very publicly on the news. We have uh, 20 seconds, Congressman. Your thoughts on your 63 Republican colleagues who voted against NATO yesterday? Yeah, you know, this is how extreme the Republican Party has become. I mean, if, they, if anyone thinks that Donald Trump may not be happy with them, uh, they will, uh, you know, do anything to try to make sure they're pleasing him. Uh, that's a cult. That's not a political party, and it's not in the best interest of this country. Yeah, amen. Bruce in London, England. Bruce, thanks for watching us on YouTube. You are live with Congressman Pocan. The Congressman, I'm calling you because I'm wondering why the Democrats don't hit hard back at the Republicans. For instance, by putting up Republican death watch clock billboards, similar to the smoking billboards that were put up in order to show people how many people have died. If you put up the billboards in the major swing cities of a Republican death clock showing digitally how many people died per second because the Republicans voted against the Democratic proposals to better people's lives, not only do you put them on the back foot, but the media coverage of such an event would end up giving a priceless coverage to the Democrats and their proposals. And why aren't they hitting back this way? Because the proposals, when you talk about the individual proposals that should have been voted on, will get muddied in the media because they're looking for eyeballs and they're going to do whataboutism. A Republican death clock billboard puts it in life and death terms. The best polled issue the Democrats have had since Biden came into office has been the ability to take the, ch uh, the uh, child uh, uh, tax uh, credit that took uh, millions of children out of poverty, unfortunately elapsed. But that was the best polled uh, Bruce, let's, uh, let's, issue. Let's let the congressman answer the question. It's a great question. Thank you. Democrats too often talk in paragraphs, not in headlines. Republicans are very good at doing that. And, uh, you know, we need to be more aggressive on the price gouging that the oil companies are doing and, you know, take on some of these corporations on pharmaceutical pricing. You know, Bruce is not close to right on that's the best polling issue. It's actually the best polling issue I think I've seen um, in the last couple of years has been the right to negotiate for prescription drug prices through Medicare, something that the pharmaceutical companies as a special interest don't want. We should be you know, putting votes uh, in both houses on things like that to show the American people that we're actually fighting for them. So 
I, you know, I agree with Bruce that there's more we could do, and I think it could be done through votes and, and through talking in headlines, not paragraphs of policy points. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about a, a death uh, a billboard, but I certainly think um, being more aggressive on issues that the, the two things, Tom, that are hardest to break through right now is the COVID hangover, which unfortunately is still out there, uh, and inflation. Short of that, it's hard to get people's attention on a lot of the issues, and we're going to need to talk a little more bluntly about where some of the real factors corporate greed is on this. All right. Ed, in Chicago, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, Congressman, I'm wondering if you're aware of uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse's presentation of dark money in politics during the uh, Judge Jackson hearings. I know he's done it before, but that particular presentation was so concise, so clear and understandable that I think it would, again, go into messaging, it would be uh, great to have every congressman and every senator have that presentation somewhere on, on one of their platforms. And if you're not aware of it, I would suggest you, you check it out. Again, it was short, concise, and easily understandable. Yeah, I'm a big believer in exactly what you're saying, that we need to talk about those sorts of issues. The problem is, you know, he may have to do that presentation for a few of his Democratic colleagues and certainly all his Republican colleagues as well. That's part of the problem that we we're having with the 50-50 Senate and uh, the antiquated rules they follow. I'm wondering if you have thoughts. You know, I know Congress is going into recess for two weeks. Uh, what should we be looking at and doing over this time? The Supreme Court hopefully will get uh, resolved this week, right? And that's big in the Senate. It's a big thing to get done. But, you know, we're in appropriation season. We're putting another budget together. Some of the things that, that affect people the most come through that process. So, you know, be engaged and kind of, you know, continue to, to, to reach out, Tom. I think a goal of every one of your listeners should be to reach out to their member of the House and Senate on a regular basis. What's the best way to reach out? The phone number that you often give out. Right. Um, anyone who has a town hall, uh, live face-to-face -face is always the best. Um, just to avoid mass emails, I don't think those are especially Great. effective. I'll do it. I'll repeat that phone number in a, in a moment. Congressman Mark Pocan, thank you so much for being with us. Congressman Pocan. Thank you. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Joe in Chicago. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind today? I just wanted to reiterate, I've called before to bring this up. The problem I see is not what the Republicans do and the concentration of the left and progressives 
on the outrage of the week from the Republicans. The problem we have is that we're not effective in messaging and narrative, and we don't force the media on our story. Now, I'll give you a quick, two quick examples. One is about a week or two ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene was at some rally, and she attacked um, Buttigieg and his, hus- and, and his husband and went after him and said, take your little electric car and go ahead and stay the hell out of our little girl's bathroom. Something right. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, now, I know. I talked about it on the, the air. Democrats, where, where were the Democrats going after Marjorie Taylor Greene effectively and from all Well, angles? I did on this program, Glenn. Here's the problem. Where yeah. is the left-wing television network that's going to talk about that? I mean, you've got. I agree with you. I completely agree. I'm and, sorry. And where where are the 1,500 you know left-wing radio stations? And where are the over a thousand left-wing websites that you know, like the, uh, the right has this huge media infrastructure that has been paid for largely with fossil fuel money, uh, but you know some of it paid for with money from big pharma and other industries. The left has nothing like that. We've got you know there's. Well, there's well a, that. Go ahead. You 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 come to my point. The, what the left does have right now, I, I don't want to know. If it, I, I don't know if it's the left or not. But we have the president, we have both chambers in the Congress. What we could be doing is staying on message from all Democrats right. for two weeks and giving the media a chance to show we're not covering what the president of the United States is, is messaging and narrative. That's the problem we have. Yeah. The Democrats don't know how to do messaging and narrative, as Rachel Bittacoffer begs the Democratic Party to get on message. The Republicans are constantly going to do outrageous things. And all we do is cover them and say yeah. they're outrageous. The advantage that the Republicans have is that they have no interest in governing the, this country. They, they have no programs or plans for this country. So they go all culture war and yell and scream about abortion and, and homosexuality and to trans people and and you know okay. all this kind of stuff, and and the, the Democrats really need a. a, a I'm, I'm with you, Glenn. The Democrats should focus on one or two issues and pound the hell out of them. And one of them yeah. should be an issue that the Republicans can't answer to, which is corruption. I keep coming back to this. The most powerful word in the political va- vocabulary is corruption, and Democrats need to be pounding Republicans on that right. issue. Glenn, uh, thanks for the call, Danny in Monument, Colorado. Hey, Danny, what's up? You and I know that Republicans are constantly thwarting our voting rights. So they're passing all these laws. Right. How are we going to even, let's say we all get out, we go to the polls, we vote. How is our vote going to even count? Well, in some if states, your vote for president. They're doing all their corruption behind the scenes. Yeah, in some states, uh, some of these red states have, have changed their rules so that the state legislature can overrule your vote for president, you know, for the Electoral College. Right. Um, on, on all the other things that are on the ballot, what they're doing is they're trying to prevent you from even getting a ballot. Uh, to make it harder for you to vote, to to end mail-in voting, which increases voter participation. We've had mail-in voting for more than 20 years here in Oregon. Not a single scandal, not a single problem. We've got one of the, we're in the top two or three highest in the country for voter participation rates. And the other states that are up there with us, like Washington State and Utah, they also do mail-in voting statewide. But the Republicans don't want people to vote. And and, right. you know, and uh, so you know, we're going to have to fight it. And I'm guessing that this 2022 election in November, if there are examples of people who are trying to vote, like in the 2020 election, you had Martin Luther King's cousin 
who was 96 years old and had been living in the same place for over 50 years and voting there for over 50 years, she showed up to vote and found that she'd been purged from the Georgia voting rolls. Uh, you know, so when those kinds of things happen, and they will happen this fall, I hope the Democratic Party is ready to promote the hell out of it and, and, and just, you know, put this necklace around the Republicans, this albatross around their neck of what they're trying to do. Danny, your point is well taken. Dwight in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Hey, Dwight, what's up? With all these voter suppression laws that the Republicans are passing, I don't understand why the Justice Department hasn't done anything, which leads me into my next question. With all the evidence that the committee is finding uh, with the January 6th tobacco there, if the Attorney General hasn't acted on the voter rights suppression, it makes me wonder if he's going to do anything to bring these thugs into justice. Yeah. Well, I think there are two separate issues, Dwight, although your your larger point of the Justice Department, you know, maybe wimping out, I think, is is a concern for many of us. And we need to keep an eye on it. But let's set January 6th aside for a moment. The reason that the Justice Department, actually, there have been a whole bunch of lawsuits about these voting laws. Most of them have been run by Mark Elias through this private organization that he's part of. Um, and many of them successfully, actually, or some of them successfully. And the Justice Department has joined in some of those actions. But by and large, what these states are doing is not against the law. And that's the problem. It was against the law until John Roberts and four other right-wing crackpots, Republican appointees on the U.S. Supreme Court, struck down the law that Congress passed back in 1965, the Voting Rights Act, and, and, or, or gutted it, you know, in the Shelby County decision, just uh, took out an entire section, basically. And John Roberts proclaimed, hey, and this is when Obama was president, hey, there's a black guy in the White House. There's no more racism in America. We don't need these laws anymore. And just decided to do away with them using a power that, by the way, the Constitution does not give the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court took that power onto themselves in 1803 in a case called Marbury versus Madison. So the problem, Dwight, that we're facing is that these states are doing this and getting away with it to the extent that they are because it's not illegal. Congress tried to fix that. You had the John Lewis Voting Rights Enhancement Act that would have made a lot of these laws illegal. And then you had the Freedom to Vote Act that, that uh, Joe Manchin, of all people, actually helped write that would have made a lot of the other stuff that the Republicans are up to illegal. And both of those pieces of legislation died in the United States Senate in the face of 100% Republican opposition and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema refusing to break the filibuster. Um, so the problem that we have is not the Justice Department, Dwight. It's the fact that it is not illegal. There is no actual right to vote in the Constitution, or at least the Supreme Court has never ruled that there is. You can't discriminate against a person based on their gender or on their race, but you'd have to prove that it was a racial gerrymander or it was a racial attempt. And that's, that's where Mark Elias has had some successes. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Dwight, thank you for the call. Lori in Ocala, Florida. Hey, Lori, what's up? I love your idea. I love your idea of against corruption. I think we have a little bit of a problem. We all know as soon as we rule out the word corruption, Republicans are going to be all over it. Republicans generally wreak havoc, and then they blame it on the Democrats. So in advance of naming it, we should rule out the Department of Recovery of Losses and start itemizing. Losses due to externalities caused by fossil fuel ex extraction, et cetera. 
uh, losses of fraud perpetrated on Medicare, loss of edu- uh, public education to private education, and we should uh, inflation caused by monopolies. I can go on. That. We should it. itemize them, and we should put price tags next to them, not names. And you know how Joe Biden said in front of everyone, "Don't take credit, Republicans, for things that you didn't vote for, because I've got a list." And you know I've got a list, and he holds the list up. Mm-hmm. So he has names. So we all know who is in charge of breaking these infractions. So he can say that, hey, we're not, we have a list. But right now, we're not assigning names to the list. We're just putting numbers and working to get the money back. I love it, Lori. I, you're, you're brilliant. That is an absolutely brilliant idea. I am. I, I totally support it. Lori, thank you so much for that. That was great. Florindo in Fairfield, Iowa. I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name. Why are the news media dissing Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. Chomsky-Herman analysis of that would be buttle to what uh, Reagan and Newt Gingrich used to say that the media are so liberal because reporters all vote Democratic. Right. Not all, but yeah, a majority of voters. But that's true of all people who have a college education. Right. But Chomsky thought that was idiotic and said that uh, if that were the case, then the people who work on the assembly lines in auto manufacturing would be deciding what kind of cars they're building. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, the reason the... Uh, it is, you said it. The reason that the um, media dissed Joe Biden is because didn't he just submit a uh, tax, a wealth tax plan? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and who owns the media? Uh, very rich people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff, Rupert Murdoch and Jeff Bezos, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So surprise, okay. surprise. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. with you, Florindo. I think, I think you've nailed it. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Thank you very much. Randall in Minneapolis. Hey, Randall, thanks for, uh, for listening to AM950. What's up? You know, we go back to John Kennedy, and I've watched all the Republicans and all that's gone on uh, since, since Nixon, and uh, I have a philosophy in life. Accept life on its terms, moderation, and gratitude. And uh, while I'm in this moderate road that I've been living for the last 20 years trying to stay moderate, I'm thinking, no, 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 today, now is the time for all or nothing. This is what the Republicans are doing. They're throwing everything out there. And I'm thinking, okay, they want to do the lies. They want to do all this non-factual flying with everything they have control over. Then we just need to stand United. They they want divided. We want united. They want war. We want peace. They want fear. We want courage. It's all black and white anymore. Let's go. Let's just split the parties. Let's go with the Dems. Let's go with the love, the peace, the honor, the courage, the wisdom, the understanding. Let's go with the positive. Period. They're all negative. We're and we're going positive. And that's the name of the tune. Randall, I'm sorry. Yeah, when I when I started this program back, you know, almost 20 years ago, Louise and I were looking for a slogan. You know, how do we identify ourselves? What are what is it that we're really about? and What is it that we're preaching? 
And what we came up with was that we were the voice of the radical middle. And from 2003 until probably, I don't know, maybe 2008, 2009, um, that was my pitch. You know, it's like, I'm the voice, I'm the moderate voice here. The vast majority of Americans want Social Security and Medicare strengthened. The vast majority of Americans want something like a Medicare for All program like Canada has. The vast majority of Americans want low, or fr low cost or free health, uh, excuse me, education. The vast majority of Americans think that it's a crime that millions of Americans go to sleep hungry, that, that millions of American children go to sleep hungry. The vast majority of Americans think it's a crime that, that uh, uh, you know, uh, the diseases of malnutrition are so widespread in our country. We've got the highest rate of hookworm infections in the developed world in the United States, mostly in the South, in, in Mississippi and Alabama. I mean, it's, it's like, I think that a moderate position is where Bernie Sanders has been all these years. The far left position is, you know, let's go communist. Let's, you know, that's that's far left. Let's let's have the government take over all these businesses and run them, you know, for the benefit of the people. And 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 I'm, you know, I I think you could probably make a case about, you know, <laughs> extractive industries in that regard. But but setting that aside, I'm not there at all. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm way to the right of that, as it were, thinking that you know, capitalism can work and can do good things when it's well regulated. So I'm with you, Randall, I, but I don't think that you have to shift from being a moderate to being some kind of radical. I think that a genuine moderate has, you know, what's happened is that the radicals have taken over the Republican Party. John in Bellingham, Washington. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? I'm just waiting for the uh, asylum seekers to be left in and to have that to coincide with another wave of COVID. You're talking about the new ending variant. the Title 42 stuff? Yeah, you know, the Republicans, they're trying to get the extension of that back into the COVID bill. And you know what the what the hue and cry will be after they're unable to do that. Yeah. You know, if the Democrats drop the requirement and there's another wave, you know where the ads will be. Oh, well, the Republicans are already promoting the next wave because, you know, I mean, the, the reason that you had the, the, the that wave that was happening when Donald Trump was running for president in 2016 was because the Republicans were out saying that, you know, Barack Obama has opened the border. And that news got all the way down to Guatemala and people believed it. And so they hopped on trains and buses and whatever they could get, you know, to get to come come to the United States. So, you know, when the Republicans start screaming and yelling about how the, the border is going to be wide open and if we drop Title 42, that's it. Everybody can come in, which is not going to happen. And, you know, the, and the Biden administration is looking at other ways to prevent that from happening. But you know, we're not using public health laws, but you know, they're, they're, the Republicans are driving this train. They're the ones who are encouraging earlier, this kind of migration. The earlier caller that was talking about why isn't Donald Trump in jail? I mean, come on, there are two sets of, of, of two, law, two justice systems in this country. I know. And there, there's one for poor people and there's one for rich people. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, it's, I it's mean, the way it is and it shouldn't it. be. And it shouldn't be. I'd love to change it, but there are so many things that we need to change. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Deborah in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Deborah. This last Hi, Tom. Okay. Hi, Tom. Uh, I just wanted to know what you think about what is the problem, why we're not getting across to the masses here in the U.S. that Biden's doing a great job. I mean, he has aces in his pocket. He it's has the media. executive orders. Yeah. I mean, how do we reach these people? Because he is doing a great job. His numbers are great. 
He's he's following his advisors. He listens to his generals. He restored his office, the office of the presidency. Yeah. I mean, what is it that we have to do? Yeah, I, I, I think we need to lean on the media. I, I think we need to start, you know, be, be not start. We need to continue Eric Bollard's work, basically, which is calling out the media every every Sunday when they put nothing but Republicans on their talk shows. And, and you know, the uh, all the ways that the media, you know, the media is constantly um, basically trashing the Biden administration. It's it, it's it's pretty breathtaking, actually. Uh, you know, uh, press run. Uh, I think dot media is uh, Eric Bollard's uh, website, and it's really worth checking out because I mean he's been going and and of course uh, Media Matters for America, uh, MediaMatters.org as well, um, which I think is where Eric started. I could be wrong, but but Deborah, I believe that the problem is almost entirely with our media, and I'm increasingly convinced that the the big CEOs of these companies really want a Republican administration back because they don't want their taxes raised. Uh, Deborah, thank you for the call. Excellent. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Chris in uh, Poinette, Wisconsin. Hey, Chris, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. I bought your... uh book the hidden history of big brother mm-hmm. which i loved and it caused me to look further and i found i found the book mind f which i learned about uh cambridge analytica yeah we had yeah they, in fact i mentioned that book in the last one of the last chapters of, of my book on big brother it was written by i'm forgetting his name but he was the guy who had it was kind of the whistleblower on the whole thing Right. And they dig into the science in that book. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any way to defeat it unless we replicate it. You're talking about uh, artificial intelligence driven social media sites. Which originally started with DARPA. Well, arguably. That, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, Facebook started out as a as a as a thing that Zuckerberg and his buddies were using to rate the uh, desirability of women on the Harvard campus. Right. But this young guy went into, uh, I don't know, a job interview or something, and he looked at the the paperwork, and it was basically just dropping propaganda from airplanes. And he says, well, there's a lot better way we can do this. Oh, use the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. So then that that ended up uh, getting into... uh, elections and 
using artificial intelligence and social media and stuff, yeah. they figured out how to spread propaganda and focus it on as close to as certain individuals. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Chris. It's it's amazing how effectively they can target us, and and you know there there are a couple of other good books out there. I, th I think I reference most of them in my book. But Chris, thanks for the call, and thanks for pointing all this stuff out. John in San Francisco. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? I've got some slogans to hand out and a couple of sources. Uh, the first one is, you've been asking why we don't use uh, corruption uh, every time uh, we talk about Republicans. And there's a simple solution to that. I think I've said it a few times on your show, but just call them the Recrupticon Party, you know, blank this today, right? Mm -hmm. Just leave it at that and let them, you know, demand apologies, whatever. And then um, uh, another slogan I, I'm suggesting is Lock Up Donald 2022, which is a double entendre. Mm -hmm. and, and that's for uh, Ziggy and Anata or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then um, I've been watching these great YouTube channels. Uh, one is a man on the street in Moscow called 1420. I don't know if anybody's seen it, mm -hmm. but the guy asks like 100 people, you know, do you agree with the war, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and there's dozens of them on YouTube just in the last month. Huh. And um, surprising answers, and most most of them get it, you know, that they're being lied to. I think the young people then, in Russia have figured this out because they have access to the Internet and they know how to use VPNs and things. I think the older people who are relying on television are just as brainwashed as the older people in America who are watching Fox News, you know, with an average well, viewership age of 70. Surprisingly, there's, there's quite a few uh, older, smart people there that Good. get it, too. Good. And... Um, Anyway, um, another one is uh, I watched this guy uh, who's a ship captain. Uh, he's a British ship captain, and he reports on the luxury yachts around the planet. Mm -hmm. And his name is E. Seisman. And uh, he's been quoted now in the Wall Street Journal without credit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how they did that, but they, they didn't use his name. But they quoted him on, on the, the seizing and arresting of uh, uh uh, luxury yacht vessels on the open seas. Interesting. And he's really good. The guy is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, there's and some. Then, go ahead. Oh, um, and then you mentioned Pussy Riot. I saw an interview uh, last month. I, I can't tell you which because there's so much information, and I watch way too much media. Uh, but I I watch a lot of DW in France 24, and yeah. I thought I saw it on then, and I looked it up on the internet, and it looks like The Guardian got an interview with them, too. Yeah, Nate told um, me that they're going to be playing somewhere in the United States in the next month or so, that they've got some kind of tour coming up. So apparently they're, yeah, they're okay. I that. Yeah, I just saw that, too. Yeah. And, uh, and finally, I watched these two guys. They're uh, Westerners who uh, spent more than 10 years teaching uh, uh, English to Mandarin Chinese people. They, they're fluent in Mandarin, and um, they spent a lot of time there. And they started doing these little uh, videos because they wanted to do kind of a, a Anthony Bourdain type thing, street food thing in China. Mm -hmm. And um, they got they got so much uh, abuse and told what to do that they finally left China with their Chinese wives uh, for the U.S. And now they basically disseminate all their propaganda is fantastic and they come on live uh, every afternoon every friday afternoon fascinating uh, well yeah, john john really thanks good. for the thanks for all the all the data points there it's, and great to hear from you
Jay in Modesto, California. Hey, Jay, what's on your mind today? I think one of the main problems in the USA, the, the one of the root problems is uh, the education. I mean, uh, you, you, a few minutes ago, you were talking about how the how the media misinforms people, and uh, and, and if you look all around, you know, if people have these opinions that are kind of uninformed, and in you know, some. Uh, some talk show host somewhere basically has, has put these opinions in their heads and then they run around with it. Whereas, you know, if they were taught how to think, you know, taught about, uh, taught how to think, then they would actually kind of get to the bottom of, okay, they told me this. Mm. Is this real? Am I going to, you know, where, where does this fit? Have this, you know, I mean, so that's why I, I, I look, I mean, uh, yeah, the, 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 I, I trace this you. back, Jay, to the 1980s. Um, we had in the in the 1950s, largely as a result of, of Dwight Eisenhower. Um, I was a little kid. I remember when this happened in 1956, as I recall. Maybe it was 57. I was six or seven, six or seven years older thereabouts, and Sputnik went up. And I remember with, you know, going out in the backyard with my dad and watching this little star move slowly across the sky. It was Sputnik. You could hear it on a shortwave radio going ping, ping, ping. And Eisenhower was president, the Republican, and he was nuts. He went nuts about it. And he started programs all across the United States building schools and, and trying to identify gifted students. And I was fortunate. I was one of those kids that got targeted for special education. Um, identifying gifted students to, to try to help them, you know, fulfill their potential, as it were, because we needed a generation of scientists because we were behind in the space race. And so between the 1950s, the mid-1950s, and the early 1980s, America ended up with all these brand new schools. I mean, literally over 40,000 brand new schools all across the United States, if I'm remembering my numbers right. It's in one of my op-eds from last week. And, and the best education system in the world. And then came along Ronald Reagan. And, and Sean, I'm going to play this out of the 360. Ronald Reagan put a guy in charge of the Department of Education, Bill Bennett. And, the, you know, the, the problem that we have right now is that education is being used specifically to target minorities. I mean, this is the whole yeah. don't, don't say gay bill down in Florida is all about this. And the Republicans think they're going to ride this to victory. This, by the way, was Victor Orban's. He, he, Victor Orban had two main sales pitches. One is that liberals in the schools are trying to turn your children into homosexuals. And the other was that uh, refugees from Syria are Muslims and they have brown skin and they're going to pollute our country. Though, and he just got reelected on these two sales pitches. And so and Reagan puts a guy... race theory also. Yeah, well, it's, it's just a variation on that. And so Reagan exactly. puts a guy in charge of the education department and suddenly education in the United States, you know, we're no longer funding. In fact, in the 80s, we stopped funding programs for gifted kids pretty much all together. And, you know, which just makes no sense to me at all. But this is Bill Bennett. And by the way, he's, he's still around and he still defends this position. This is Reagan's secretary of education explaining to you where crime comes from in America. But I, I do know that it's true that if you wanted to reduce crime, you could, if that were your sole purpose, you could abort every black baby in this country and your crime rate would go down. That would be an impossible, ridiculous, and morally reprehensible thing to do. But your crime rate would go down. So when that guy's put in charge of our education, is it any surprise that 40 years later we've got education that's basically targeting minorities, racial and gender? I think I've got a topic for your next book, The Secret History <laughs> of uh, Education. The Hidden History of Education. I'm with you. Jay, thank you for the call. Thanks for listening to us on SiriusXM. 
Earl in Hyde Park, Illinois. Earl, I got a, uh, somebody, I think it was on Twitter, sent me a note going, there is no Hyde Park, Illinois. It's a suburb of Chicago or it's a neighborhood or whatever. Um, is that true? Uh, well, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, it's a neighborhood in uh, Chicago. And what happened is... Um, Chicago's broken up in all kinds of neighborhoods, and, uh, you know, we self-identify by these uh, local neighborhoods. I totally okay. get it, and it's fine with me. I just wanted to say that on the air so that person will stop harassing me every time um, I say, Earl in Hyde Park, you're on the air. <laughs> so what's up, Earl? Yeah, no, there's a, uh, there's a gazillion uh, neighborhoods in Chicago that self-identify, but uh, they are within the Chicago city limits, yeah. and uh, so... I don't, no, quite frankly, I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah, he was uh, a pedant. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to say what I'm going to agree with you is that we both are saying the same thing, but I'm going to say it differently. I'm going to say that we've always known for a long time that if it bleeds, it leads, okay, in the news cycle. And what I'm saying is that Fox News has always been negative, just like if it bleeds, it leads. So it's a uh, literal... Uh, application of negative news that has tended to bring our country from a left-leaning country to a right-leaning country, I believe. And uh, that's why our news cycles follows what the narrative that's coming out of Fox News and uh, ONA and all the other programs that are on right-wing talk radio. We have a system here that I think that the left is intellectually lazy. They uh, well, agree on to whatever. Earl, if I may, I, in the 1980s, uh, Lee Atwater, you know, the, the guy who, who designed the Willie Horton ads for George Herbert Walker Bush, um, no, came up with this yeah. notion that, he, you know, basically that the Republicans need to, to, to quote, work the refs. And the refs, the referees, and, and you know, in, in sports, you, you try to do this. You try to get the referee to see things your way, as it were. And, and uh, the refs in, in American politics are, are the news media. And so there was a, a program started within the GOP and within the right-wing, you know, um, uh, ecosphere, as it were, information space, to try to manipulate the media. And a big, a, a huge part of that, and it was, this was really spearheaded by, by uh, Rush Limbaugh for years and years and years, was con to convince Americans and the media itself that the media was inherently liberal. And therefore, it needed to bend over backwards to, to have both sides, which is BS. But back to you, Earl. All right. Thank you very much. And I completely agree with you. And they did. I'm sorry to say when it, uh, the information war from the standpoint that they have brought uh, United States from left leaning uh, programs that would help the great, you know, the greater uh, bulk of the American people to, like you said, the uh, attitude where right wing um, leaning um, you know, gazillionaires and people who want to be gazillionaires uh, follow that mantra. And like you said, often on your program, that it, if you're white, okay, uh, you are better off poor than if you're a black man. So I'm going to, yeah. I hear the music, I'm going to jump out. I got it. No, I, thank you, Earl. Uh, spot on. <laughs> this is, and it's a problem. It's a real problem. This whole, this effort by the media to always show both sides. You know, on, on uh, one of the shows this weekend, it was like, well, how's President Biden doing? Let's ask a Republican governor. Really?
Michael in Seattle. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind today? Hello, Brother Tom. Your words today are absolutely correct. And the the reason I wanted to talk to you this morning is I work, I've told you before, I work with teenagers, and they are certainly watching us not do anything again yep. about this. And we're not preparing this generation to make ethical choices by doing that. And so there was a group a couple of years back during the the first Trump onslaught that uh, was called Indivisible. And I'm not saying they're the the answer, but there needs to be... They're still very active. uh, Indivisible.org is their website, and I I encourage everybody to to go over there and sign up, uh, at the very least, for their, you know, regular emails and stuff. I am certainly a cheerleader. What I'm trying to cheerlead for and uh, ask your help and support and and the listeners' help and support is to be more active on a daily basis so that this generation of children can see uh, the ethical choices we're making are not just words. Well, I think this is one of the reasons why, Michael, they don't want uh, the actual history of the United States taught in our schools. You're absolutely right, sir. You are absolutely right. And uh, we need to be standing outside those schools and, and telling them that they're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, the visibleness needs to be much more visible. Um, it's always a pleasure listening to you, sir. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you very much for your call and, and spot on. I couldn't have said it better. Marie in Gardnerville, Nevada. Hey, Marie, what's up? Hi, Tom. I'm a first-time caller, but I've been watching you and Randy and all the folks on Free Speech for a long, long time. Oh, thank you. Um, I just, I love your show. I love Randy's show. Those are my two faves, but mm-hmm. I do watch the others. Yeah. I just wanted to pass along my feelings about the entire Republican Party, and I don't know who can be left out of this, but I, I really do believe they're just treasonous. They're treasonous against our own country, against the Constitution, and against everything our founding fathers started. And I'm afraid that where's it going to end? Anyway, that's all I had to say. I don't know if you have any comments. I do, Marie, and I think where it ends is autocracy and oligarchy. And it's why I wrote a book about this, The Hidden History of American Oligarchy. And and this this is where these guys are trying to take it, is where your politicians are owned basically by business or business interests. And the business interests basically run the country in a way that just enhances their profit and helps them lock down markets, makes it harder and harder to have competition from small businesses. And that's exactly what we've been seeing ever since the election of Ronald Reagan. We've been moving in that direction incrementally. Go ahead. And the only thing that I do is I boycott those businesses. I don't do business with them. But it's harder and harder. I mean, they they operate under so many different brands. You walk around in in a grocery store. And uh, this was in my book on Monopoly, you know, 60, 70 percent of the stuff you see in the grocery store, all these hundreds of different brands are owned by 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 fewer than six companies. It's the yeah, it's the Nestle people. Well, yeah, they're, they're among the worst. <laughs> the Nestle <They> really people. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Anyway, a, a pleasure talking to you. I enjoy your show, and I watch as often as I can. Thank Thanks you, Marie. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate the call, and, th- and, and thank you for watching us on Free Speech TV. And, for, you know, Free Speech TV and, and our nonprofit uh, affiliates, our, our Pacifica affiliates, and uh, we, we syndicate the show through the Pacifica uh, audio port stations that are, that are and, and even aren't specifically directly uh, affiliated with them. 
is, in my experience now, a great way to get the message out. I'm, I'm so happy that you are able to catch our show here on Free Speech TV, and we're so happy to be on Free Speech TV. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Alan in Seattle. Hey, Alan. Thanks for listening to KBCS. What's on your mind today? Oh, well, I uh, thought you were uh, agreeing with Trump in kind uh, about your rant on the media. Because he famously said the media or the press is the enemy of the people. Well, he and I he were speaking of very different things. Trump was arguing exactly. that You're a free press is the enemy of, the, of, of oligarchy, basically. And what I'm saying is that our press is not free. We, we need to break up the big media monopolies. Well, yes, but, you know, the, you're, you're approaching the same statement from different perspectives. For different he reasons. He was trying to say that, the, you know, the free press um, was talking openly about his lies. The first but, time, but, I think. But, but Trump's ever. solution was to change the libel laws so that people like him, who feel like they're being treated unfairly by the press, can sue them. And my solution uh, is to expand the press, is to have more media outlets. We've gone from 40 or 50,000 independent newspapers in the United States when Reagan came into office. I mean, there's literally 40 or 50,000 of them, down to a few hundred. Mm-hmm. That's not a good system. The salvation system. of the media is a really bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my point. And, and Donald Trump would not agree with that. He does well, not you want know, a interestingly enough, uh, very, very quickly, the uh, infrastructure bill that is going to help provide uh, high-speed Internet to the rural areas should be a, a warning shot across the you know, right-wing media uh, bow, because suddenly uh, these people will have access to something other than right-wing radio. Yeah, but here, here's where you get to the problem, which I was describing earlier in my piece about... Um, about you know electric vehicles and energy prices and things like that, is that when you try to look for information on the internet now maybe you know I realize that you know I, I'm not sure DuckDuckGo does it but Google certainly tailors your search you know uh, requirements right. to to what they think you want but for some reason whenever I search when I was searching when I was writing this article yesterday and I was searching for you know uh, uh, you know gas versus electric cars for example. Um, everything that was coming up, or most of what was coming up, was right-wing websites. Now, somebody tweeted me a screenshot saying that, you know, I'm not getting all right-wing websites. And I think that's fascinating. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, maybe it was just a matter of pl plugging in a different question. But the point is that the, the right-wing has been, for years and years, investing a small fortune in building out a right-wing infrastructure on the Internet. And so, you know, bringing broadband into everybody's home, I don't think it's going to be any kind of panacea. 
Well, then that speaks to your point of education and critical thinking. And I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Tom. I'm with you. Thank you, Alan. And that's and that's where that, you know that's where Bill Bennett did so much damage to America. It's where it, you know, uh, it, it, and, and not just Bill Bennett. I mean, you know, the whole the whole Republican thing. And, and you know, surprise, surprise, Betsy DeVos is funding Ron DeSantis, and Ron DeSantis is going after public education, and Ron DeSantis is supporting charter schools and private Christian academies, all white Christian academies. And uh, you know, it's like there, it's like you know, a dog chasing its tail kind of thing. Well, maybe that's the wrong metaphor. It's a system that feeds itself, basically. Jeff in Chicago. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today? Tom Hartman, glad to hear from you. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening for a long time. I love your show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Having said that, I, I, I love to bring this to light because I haven't heard any talking heads on the radio talking about this. With Trump... And the Jeffrey Epstein thing, if we all remember, from a few yep. years ago, before before Jeffrey Epstein was put to sleep, I, I why, nobody talks about the fact that a lot of politicians and big shots around the world took 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 advantage of the opportunities that Epstein and his cohorts supplied these people with young women. Correct. That that appears to be the case, yes, and and some Democratic politicians as well as Republican politicians were, had multiple visits on the heard, on the on his airplane. Have, well, oh, I haven't heard anything about the Democratic side of people, but the point is that Bill Clinton you don't is hear about it, and I, and, sadly. And I think it's a real possibility that that's why everything is going so slow because they don't want to get in trouble and maybe lose their families in light of all this if it would ever come to you know into the light. I mean that's why the Epstein trial uh, of uh, that's why, what's right. that's why everything is in limbo. I think Delane it's a Maxwell. big reason why things are in limbo. Yeah, it could be. Because nobody it, wants to get in trouble. It could be. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, well I can't, I can't I'm, I'm no expert on the Epstein case. I, I, it's it's hard to to the, the problem with his suicide is that they turned off the cameras for this two or three hour window during which he committed suicide and therefore nobody saw it and why did that happen I mean you know it's, it's, it, this is one of the things that makes me think that it wasn't actually suicide um, but Do you believe that it was a suicide you really believe it was a suicide no I don't frankly well, neither do I. I, I think <laughs> normal thinking people aren't going to believe it. In but that said, I mean, you know, being being busted as a pedophile and locked up in prison is like the worst. That's the the bottom of the barrel. That's the scum. That's the lowest of the low. And so he was looking forward to spending the rest of his life, you know, being basically tortured by people around him. Um, so you can understand where he would commit suicide. The weird thing is, though, that it appears that there was collaboration with the guards and, you know, by, by shutting down the cameras and things and, and just walking on by. And, and that, uh, you know, in my mind, has not, has not been answered. You know, the questions around that have not been answered. And, and I'm, well, right. And, uh, in my mind, I, they got rid of them real quick because they didn't want 
they didn't want him spilling the beans to save his life. I think that's true. he would have implicated a whole lot of people. Well, and Maxwell now that's is talking about cutting a deal, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Her case is on we'll appeal. We'll see where this goes. But uh, I, I have a feeling that uh, she has been told, you know, you are going to be quiet or else also. And, and you know, that's not a good nope. thing. But we'll see. Jeff, thanks a lot for the call, and thanks for listening to us on WCPT. Hey, special thanks to Louise Hartman, Sean Taylor, Nate Atwell, Jamie Holly, Joyce the Hammer Dance, Nigel Peacock, Sue Nethercote, Patrick White, Geraldine Halbert, Ron Hartenbaum, Chase Sprouse, Nicholas Miller, Pat Sweeney, Jabberwocky, Jay LeBlanc, Connor Arroyo, and Carne Verde. All the folks who work on this program. And thank you to you for uh, participating with our program and spreading the good word and supporting our sponsors and our stations. Get out there, get active, tag your it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.